subject of faith. This is part of uh, a short series we're doing in the run up to Easter when we're thinking about different aspects of our journey of faith. We've been thinking about uh, uh, how we need to recognize our need before God. We've been thinking about how we need to turn to his truth and to hear what he's saying. And today we're thinking about how we need to reach out to God in faith. So in a few moments, I'm going to be speaking um, using some uh, using a passage from John chapter 11. Uh, I'm going to only spend about half the time on that sort of the second half of the talk. But if you could be getting your Bibles out and turning up John chapter 11, uh, that would be handy in a few minutes time. But before we do that and before I start, let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for being able to meet together this morning. We thank you for being able to hear your word. And we pray this morning as that as we think about what you say to us and particularly your invitation to us to reach out to you in faith, that you will enable us not only to understand this, but to respond in faith. For we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Actually, just a, a short plug before I uh, get into the talk properly. Um, I think most of you know that next Saturday evening, I'm doing a short introduction on Zoom to C.S. Lewis. Uh, I'd really love to see you there. There's details in the church bulletin. It is an introduction, so you don't need lots of prior knowledge. It won't be a heavy session. Um, but hopefully, if you do know about C.S. Lewis a bit, there'll be something for you there as well. So please join next Saturday evening. That's great. But let's think about faith now. And I want to start by uh, suggesting that there's three aspects of faith, which is helpful for us to be aware of. And the first aspect of faith, I've gone low tech this morning. I've just got things written um, on pieces of paper. So the first aspect of faith, I don't know if you can see that, is when we say or when we can say, I believe that I believe that something is true. I believe a statement about God, about Jesus is true. So those of us who are Christians believe that God is a good God. We sung in that first song, didn't we? You're a good, good father. That's who you are. It's something we believe, a statement about God that we believe to be true. Some of you might have, might have worshipped in churches where you say together uh, a collection of beliefs about God called a creed. Creed literally means I believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ his son, our Lord, I believe that he died and rose again. I believe that he died for me. I believe things about God. And this is an important aspect of faith. It's in a sense, the bedrock of our faith to believe things about God, to, because otherwise, if we didn't, if we didn't have any beliefs about the kind of God we approach in faith, uh, faith would be rather meaningless. The reason we can have faith in God is because we believe things about the kind of God he is. And we also believe things that he has said about us, about our needs before him. In Romans chapter 10, Paul writes, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. So belief, propositional belief, as it were, believing things about God and about the Lord Jesus Christ are very important. It's foundational for who we are as Christians. And it's important to be aware that these beliefs are not they're not irrational. These things we believe about God are based on evidence. They're based on the evidence that we read in the Bible. They're about the evidence that we see in our lives and in the in the life of God's church. 
faith is re- in fact it's one of the things i'll be talking about next week when i talk about c.s lewis c.s lewis was very strong on the fact that faith is a rational thing. faith is something that is not just the opposite of reason it is very much based on reason and is consistent with reason and logic and faith is is therefore uh, an objective thing faith isn't just a feeling inside me Faith isn't just something that that comes and goes according to whether what side of the bed I got out of or how well my life is going. These things on which our faith is based, these things which we believe to be true, these things are there however we're feeling today. And that's good news because there will be days when we don't feel good and when God feels distant. But the important thing about faith is that it reminds us that this God in whom we have believed is true and those things which we know about him are true and are good to hold on to so believing that that's the first aspect of faith and by the way these these three aspects i'm going to suggest to you are not things to pick and choose between they're all aspects of what really faith means so maybe you could be thinking actually um which of these things do i need to to work on a bit do i need to to work on with god do i need to be more aware of Uh, And also, just because I talked about that one first doesn't mean that it necessarily comes first in our experience. But it is, in a sense, as we go on, I think, in the life of faith, we realise that is the foundational thing, what we believe about God and about Jesus Christ and about the Holy Spirit. So that's the first thing. The second aspect of faith is when we say not just I believe things about you, God, but I trust, I trust in And I obviously as Christians, we're saying we trust in God. We trust in Jesus. Faith is relational. Uh, Think of somebody you trust, not God for a moment, but think of somebody you trust. Uh, Maybe a parent, maybe a spouse, maybe a, a teacher, maybe somebody you work with, somebody you trust. It's a relational thing, isn't it? That trust is built on what you know about that person. So it's based on what I've just been saying about the things we believe about God. But it goes further than that. We we are we commit ourselves to that person. If they say do something or if we're in a fix and they offer to help, we trust them. It's based. So it's based on knowledge, but it takes it a step further. And it's based on relationship as well. Think of examples in the Bible. Uh, if it, we were in church, I'd say shout them out. But I'll, I'll give you a couple of perhaps the more obvious ones. Think of Peter uh, in the boat and Jesus says, get out of the boat and come walking to me on the water. Well, that's faith, isn't it? It's faith because it's based on what Jesus knows about Jesus already. So it's not completely blind, irrational faith. It's not like that. People often try to portray faith as the opposite of of reason and logic and everything else. But Peter's faith, his ability to get out of the boat and walk on the water was not irrational because he'd seen Jesus doing these things and he trusted who Jesus was. So he got out of the boat. But it was a step further than just saying in his head, yes, I believe these things about you. Or think in the Old Testament, perhaps the obvious example is Abraham. Abraham knew God. He'd been walking with God. And God said to him, now I want you to leave everything that's familiar. I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your homeland, all those things you know best. And I want you to go somewhere else. And I'm not even going to tell you where you're going to go. I just want you to trust me. I want you to trust and believe in me, to have faith in me based on what you know about me. 
And in a, in a sense, that is this is saving faith, isn't it? Because Jesus said to Nicodemus uh, in probably the most famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And, and when Jesus says believes in him, I think he's saying a bit more than just believing he exists. He's talking, he's encouraging us to entrust ourselves to him, to take a step into the unknown based on what we already know. And that is what coming to faith in the Lord Jesus means. That is what saving faith is. It means stepping into his arms. It means taking some things we already know, even though we don't know everything. And when we come to first come to faith, we certainly don't know everything. These things build together as we go along the journey of faith. But every one of us at some point takes that first step, that first step out of the boat, as it were, that first step into the hands of God. When we say, yes, I want to trust you. I want to embark on this journey with you. And Jesus says, that's the faith that saves whoever believes in me. Whoever walks towards me will not perish, but have eternal life. So that's the second aspect of faith. We've talked about believing that things are true. We've thought about saying, I trust you. And then the third aspect, which builds on both of those, says, I'm committed to. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to you, God, and to your church and to your people, but particularly to you. In English, uh, English is quite a complicated language. Um, most of you probably speak English as your first language, so it's never really struck you. But if any of you don't speak English as your first language, you'll know that it's a quite an annoyingly complicated language. And we tend to have more words for things than we really need. And one example for this is in terms of faith. So we, I've already used words like faith, commitment, trust, uh, and we have lots of different words really for, for a very similar thing. And in the language that the Bible was written in, they had a word for faith, which is which encompasses trust and commitment. But it's also can also be translated faithfulness. And in English, we might think of faith and faithfulness as two different things. But actually, for the Bible writers, they were the same things. When I trust somebody, but also when I'm faithful towards somebody, those are really the, the they're the two sides of the same coin. And so faithfulness, being faithful to God, being committed to God is 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 part of what faith means. It's just it's the other side. As I say, it's the other side of the same coin. Even when we can't see where we're going, even when we're in a storm and everything seems chaotic, keeping going, being faithful to God, carry on our walk of faith, even when we can't see what we're doing. That is faith that faithfulness, that keeping going through the storm and even through the doubts, when we're tempted to give up, when we're tempted to say, what's the point? But we decide to keep going. When we decide to be faithful, that is faith. We see lots of examples of faith in the life of our church family, people who keep doing things for God week by week, month by month those who serve, um, those who count the money, those who manage our church finances, those who run Zoom week by week. And we're so grateful to Rob and others who do that. Those who serve, those who keep in contact with the young people, those who serve leading home groups. These are examples of faithfulness uh, 
But ultimately, I hope and I believe certainly all the people I've named are doing that, not because of not just because they're nice people or they are, but because they're being faithful to God. This is an example of our commitment to God. And of course, there are days when we get up and we think, actually, I don't feel like doing that. I quite like to have a day or a week or a month off. And yet we do it. And it's not wrong to have days off, by the way. But we carry on doing these things because we're faithful. And that's a picture of the Christian life. We carry on serving God because we're faithful. And that's an aspect of Christian faith. So I've talked about three things and we don't, as I said before, we don't pick and choose between them. We don't say, well, I'm going to have this kind of faith. God wants all these things to be woven together in a rich tapestry of faith as we believe things to be true about him, as we entrust ourselves to him and as we commit ourselves daily and weekly and yearly to serving him. And I encourage you to think, which aspect of those do I need to work on? Maybe there are some of those things which you think, well, I I did that years ago. But actually, uh, faith is a living thing. We should be continually getting out of our boats in trust of God. We should continually be looking for new ways to show our commitment to him. We should continually be looking, finding out new things about him, which will strengthen our faith and our belief in him. But now I want to turn to John chapter 11. And this is a well-known story, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from death. And I'm not going to go through the whole story in detail, but I want to highlight some aspects that perhaps you haven't noticed so much before, which talk about what it means to have faith. So I I won't read the whole passage because it's quite long. Um, It covers pretty much the whole of John chapter 11. But I will read some bits. But it would be really great if you could have it open in front of you. So the story begins when uh, Jesus and his disciples are are, um, they hear the news that Lazarus is very ill. And Lazarus lives in a, a, a town called Bethany, which is quite near to Jerusalem, down in the south of Israel. And Jesus and his disciples are some way away. And strangely, Jesus doesn't seem in any hurry to go and um, to see Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. He seems to sort of deliberately, well, he does deliberately delay. Uh, But eventually um, we read a very significant statement in verse 15. Um, They hear in the meantime that Lazarus has died and Jesus says, and he's talking to his disciples. He hasn't yet got to Bethany. He's still talking to his disciples and he says, for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you might believe, which could be translated so that you might have faith. There's something that's about to happen, disciples, Jesus is saying, which is going to give you faith. And just pause there for a moment, because, of course, these disciples have already got faith. They're already some way along their journey of faith. In fact, we read right after Jesus's first miracle when he turned water into wine in Cana in John chapter two, that his disciples believed in him. But Jesus is saying here in verse 15, well, there's going to be more. You're going to witness something when we get to Bethany, which, it, which, will be, which I'm going to do so that you might believe. And I think, you see, I think Jesus still wants to do that for us. However far along we are along our Christian life, Jesus wants to show us things so that we might believe, even if we're already believers. He wants to strengthen our faith. 
but we have to have our eyes open and we have to be willing to walk with him on his journey to Bethany, so to speak. Anyway, Jesus arrives in Bethany, verse 17. Um, he finds that Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. So he's absolutely dead. No question about it. And um, out comes, well, first of all, Martha. And we I talked about Martha a few weeks ago. Do you remember um, in, jo in Luke chapter 10, when Jesus had been at Mary and Martha's house? Uh, and this is the other incident in the New Testament where we where we encounter Martha. And Martha has quite a, a deep conversation with Jesus, um, starting at verse or about verse 21 for the next few verses. And I just want to highlight some points there about that conversation. Firstly, well, let me read verses 21 to 24. Lord, Martha says to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So a slightly ac accusing statement to Jesus. Um, why on earth didn't you hurry up and get here? You could have done something. But actually, also within that accusation, there's a statement of faith. There's a statement, Jesus, if you had been here, I know you could have been able to do something to save my brother from dying. But and Mary and Martha now goes on to give another statement of faith. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day which is a general statement of belief that a lot of the Jews in that time had, that one day God was somehow going to make everything right and those, the faithful dead, would rise again. So Martha is exp expressing faith here a number of times in these verses. But perhaps it's not quite the faith that Jesus is looking for at this particular time, because Jesus goes on and he said to her, he doesn't say, well done for believing that. Yes, one day Lazarus and everyone else is going to rise. Well done. He goes on and reveals something about himself. He says, I am one of these famous I am statements. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, the one who has faith in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asks her a question. Do you believe this? Does your faith go that far? You've already told me some things you believe. But have, do you believe what I've just told you? That actually the whole definition of life and of hope and of the future is actually in me, in the Lord Jesus Christ. A life of believing that starts now and stretches into eternity. And Martha replies, interestingly, she says, yes, Lord, I believe. But she doesn't say I believe what you've just said. She says something slightly different. She says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who is to come into the world. She gives a wonderful I believe that statement. She gives a uh, it's like a creed. It's like saying I here are some things that I've come to believe to be true about you which is great. It's, it's arguably the greatest statement in the whole of John's gospel as to who Jesus is. And yet we're left with a slight sense that she hadn't quite answered what Jesus said. Maybe although she got the words right, she hadn't quite grasped who he actually was and what he could do. 
Well, the story goes on. Uh, we, Jesus, they come to the tomb. Well, in, a, in the meantime, there's a short conversation with, with Martha's sister, Mary. They come to the tomb. Jesus weeps and so on. And then uh, we pick up the story again at verse 39, where Jesus says that they're standing there at the tomb. Um, Lazarus has been in there for four days. It's a hot climate. And Jesus says, take away the stone, unseal the tomb. And what does Martha say? Martha, who has just um, expressed this extraordinary statement of faith in who Jesus is, uh, has not quite responded to Jesus's statement. I am the resurrection and the life. What does she say? Well, she says in verse 39, but but Lord. By this time, there is a bad odor for he's been there four days Martha has believed something, but she hasn't quite put the pieces of the jigsaw together, has she? She hasn't realized that, as Jesus says in the next verse, you're going to see the glory of God. You're going to see something that is is beyond anything that the faith you already have was expecting. And so they take away the stone and Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And then finally, I just point out to you that uh, the crowds, the Jews who were gathered around also expressed faith. Verse 45, therefore, many of the Jews who'd come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. They put their faith in him. They, they, in, they gave their allegiance to him. They entrusted themselves to Jesus. And the religious leaders were not happy about this. They, they said, um, verse, the, the account carries on slightly depressingly, um, verse 47, 48, if, if we allow this to happen, well, you know, things are going to go wrong for us. You know, the Romans are going to come in because they're not going to like all this. Um, order will break down and so on and so forth. And we're left with this picture of different responses to Jesus. Those who respond in faith, some of whom are only just beginning to work out what it means to believe in Jesus and those who shut their ears and their eyes to the whole thing. Now, let me try and pull all the threads together of what I've been saying this morning, because I, at the start, I gave you three aspects of, of, of faith, didn't I? Can you remember what they were? There's I believe that uh, there's I trust in and there's I commit to. But I'm going to suggest to you that there's there's a fourth thing. And you might think this fourth thing is slightly odd because the fourth statement of faith says this. It says, I can't. It says, I look to you, God, and I I I know certain things about you and I've tried entrusting myself to you and I've tried getting out of the boat. And I've tried doing those things which I know I should do as as a life of faith and commitment. I've tried giving up that habit, which I know you don't like, and I don't like it either. And I hate myself for doing it, but I can't stop it. I, I find I can't love that person that I know I should love and that you want me to love. But I ju- it just every time I see them, it, we always seem to it always seems to go badly wrong. Lord, I can't. I can't do this. I, I'm, I want to walk the life of faith, and yet every time I take a step, I seem to fall flat on my face. I can't. But the flip side of I can't 
is that we're reaching out to God and we're, we're asking him to save us. We're asking him to, to pull us up from this sea that we've fallen into. We say, I'm, I'm, can't, I'm drowning. I can't swim. I certainly can't walk on the water. I can't even swim. I'm drowning in this sea. I can't, but I, but, I, but I believe that you can. Somehow, at some level, I believe that you can. Do you remember when Jesus, in Mark's gospel, when Jesus has been up the Mount of Transfiguration, he's had this glorious experience with his disciples, and he comes down and he's immediately confronted with a man with a very sick child. And, and his disciples down the mountain, it's all quite symbolic, I think, had been able, unable to heal this child. And Jesus says to the man, the father of this sick child, um, do you believe I can heal him? And the man says these wonderful words, which I think are a great encouragement to us all. I believe. Help my unbelief. I have faith. Help my lack of faith. I'm, I want to believe, but I can't. But I know you can. And I reach out to you. And I think this fourth aspect which you might think is is not really an, a, an expression of faith at all to say I can't in a sense I think this is actually what God is looking for this is in a sense when we get to this point when we get to this point of saying I want to do this I want to follow you I want to get out of the boat I want to walk the life of faith I want to love that person and give up that habit I want to do that thing but I can't then we've reached We've reached the end of chapter one in the life of faith. We, we've actually we're ready to move on with God. We're ready actually to begin the glorious walk of faith. And when we say those words to Jesus, he looks at us with love in his eyes. He looks at us and he says, I know you can't. I know you can't. That's why I died for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That belief doesn't have to be perfect faith. That belief is the belief of saying, Jesus, I can't. Please, please, will you help me? But I want to trust you and I want to walk with you. And I believe you are the faithful one. You are the one who can do what I can't do. You are the one who will always be faithful who will always have faith, who I can always rely on. Let's pause, shall we? We're going to sing our last song in a minute, but let's pause and let's just each of us in the silence have a chat with God about where we are on the journey of faith. Which of these things do we really need to say to God in a new way today? I believe that. I trust in, I commit to, or perhaps best of all, I can't, but I know you can. Let's be still and let's pray. Dear God, we thank you that our faith is based on someone utterly reliable. Based on someone who can save us. Based on someone who gives us his Holy Spirit. To enable us to take the next step of faith. 
Help us this morning, we pray, to reach out to you in faith. And this week and this month and this year to carry on that walk. And to grow in faith. To believe more about you. To entrust ourselves more deeply and more riskily to you. To commit more firmly and more absolutely to you. But always to keep on saying to you, I can't, but I know you can. Give me more of yourself. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.